0: Welcome to Once More With Commentary. We are an Angel podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Jenny. And we are, I think, safely in the backstretch of mm-hmm. Angel's final season. Um, this week talking about underneath and origins. So yes. we're back to those really descriptive one-word <laughs> titles as well. But at least um, they're not reaching. <laughs> they're not. No, no. To be fair, they are not reaching this time. I'm, I know I've mentioned it before. Still, you know, actually... Still mad about Calvary because I was reading a book recently and they were mentioning some church that had that in the name and I was like, (laughs) so mad. Yeah,
1: these episode titles are nondescript but fine, adequate.
0: Yeah, um, quite literal in some some cases. Yeah. Um, Such as underneath, (laughs) yeah. Okay, but before we start talking about whether these episodes lived up to our expectations, which are, to be fair, probably kind of low. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing, Jenny? How are you doing today?
1: Well, you know, I we decided last night to break out the old iced coffee maker. Mm. <laughs> so I had iced coffee this morning and it was delightful. Honestly, it cheered me up in the morning. It was a nice, it's a nice, you know, it's like... It's, it's the same as when you switch back to hot coffee or any kind of seasonal marker where you're like, ah, the season is upon us. So like not much about this summer I suspect is going to be normal, but at least I can drink iced coffee. And I also, I didn't actually check that he got it, but I asked Alex to get just plain old Lipton uh, tea bags yesterday at the grocery store so that we could just also have some iced tea around. So that's my other project for the day. Project. Nice. I say very loosely, it involves putting tea bags into a, uh, a container, and that's the whole process, but, you know.
0: What is a an iced coffee maker?
1: Um, you just, I mean, there's about, th- it's not a thousand ways to make iced coffee, but basically for iced coffee, you just have to, sorry, for cold brew, rather, is what I should have said. You put ground coffee into cold water and it just needs to sit for a really long time so we have a you I mean you can do it with like cheesecloth like I've done it in other more slightly more manual ways but we just have a carafe that has a, a filter that sits inside of it so you just you just it just kind of like takes a while to fill up the container with cold water and then as long as you let it sit overnight it's like some nice cold brew in the morning
0: So you have a specialized container for this, which yeah, we have a carafe
1: that comes with a filter that sits inside of it, and so when after you let it steep or brew, you just take the filter out, and then you just have a carafe with iced coffee in it or cold cold brew in it, rather. Because
0: I was under the, I was also thinking cold brew, but then you said maker, and I was like, is that cold brew is what I
1: meant? I just haven't (laughs) talked about it in a long time and I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: because I don't drink coffee, so I was like, maybe this is more involved than I thought.
1: (laughs) No, 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 cold brew. I mean, an iced coffee, I think people do kind of use the terms interchangeably. I believe iced coffee is more of a like any coffee that you put over ice is iced coffee. (laughs) You know, cold brew is one that you didn't it didn't it wasn't hot when it was being brewed. So
0: I'm sure that makes it better over ice. They do Um, taste
1: different. And I do prefer a cold brew to iced coffee. Some people don't feel the same, but I like it.
0: So iced coffee, like, again, not a coffee drinker but aware obviously of people drinking coffee and iced coffee. I don't remember being a thing for everyone else until maybe like 10 years ago or something or maybe 15. But before that it was like kind of a regional thing. And like, I don't think they had special ways to make it. I think you've literally just like poured hot coffee over ice and you're like, I'm, here's your, here's I, your mean, I don't know how long
1: cold brew has existed, but I definitely agree that iced coffee was more prevalent in stores and like cafes and bakeries yeah. and stuff. And then now, yeah, it pretty recently became very trendy to sell cold brew as well. And it's way more expensive, which is irritating.
0: Probably why it became trendy to sell.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, again, though, I, I I am definitely in the camp that that prefers the taste. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but the, like, acid content is different also, so there's... I believe it can not be so rough on your stomach the way coffee can.
0: mm and now are you a nitro cold brew fan?
1: I, that I don't know anything about. <laughs> I do enjoy every cold, probably every cold brew I've ever had though, and I suspect that at some time I splurged on something on a nitro. Do you know what that means? Because I really would have to look into it. I think it's
0: like basically the same premise behind like Guinness, right? Where they yeah. like, have there's something in it that like frauds it kind of, or... Mm. I, Again, I'm probably wrong, but so I do remember though that, um, we had, we had a like nitro cold brew machine in the office Mm -hmm. or in several of the offices where I was working and like people loved it. And I was always like very surprised. I was like, this feels very niche. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. they've like spent all this money on these machines for it, but people really loved it. But I do remember one time Claire was visiting me and we went to this restaurant for like brunch and she was really excited because they had nitro like cold mm-hmm. brew and she ordered it and she was really disappointed mm. <laughs> she's like that's not what i thought it was gonna be
1: mm, i see yeah so it yes it's just frothy coffee frothy cold yeah. brew not they just, don't
0: generally make that for tea although there was a bakery in um napa that i went into once and i noticed they did have it and and it was like not a flavor because it was like flavored tea of course and i got mm. I was like come on like this is annoying that it's like you know chamomile, hibiscus, whatever. And I'm yeah. like, but I felt so seen because I was yeah. like, they put a tea in the machine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't feel like else. it would have the same appeal anyway, though.
0: No, like, it, in fact, it had zero appeal.
1: <laughs> to, that doesn't make any sense. Like a frothy coffee makes sense because coffee is so... Especially cold coffees and like milk and froth. I don't know, there's like a whole... I
0: guess Well, like by in- frothy, I don't know if it's truly like froth, like foam, or like it just kind of... Aerates it also i could be totally wrong if anyone is listening and you're just like this is completely (laughs) incorrect let us know i will never drink it but jenny might be interested well
1: i was googling nitro cold uh, cold brew while we were talking okay but i'm also trying to skim it and listen to you at the same time so yes my (laughs) uh, comprehension is not at 100 right now
0: I also have no clue no, how it's got not on this topic. No, it's not frothed
1: as with milk, though. I didn't mean to say that. I just meant, like, I understand why, like, a nitro cold brew coffee would be appealing, whereas, like, I don't feel like I have that same desire for, like, a, f- you know, it just doesn't, but, yeah, maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe we should explore this with tea further.
0: Maybe. I, I, it doesn't appeal to me. I mean, like, I love iced tea, but, like, kind of frothy, aerated iced tea doesn't sound great.
1: <laughs> Do you make iced tea at home?
0: Uh, no. Sometimes I'll buy a bottle of like that Teja stuff because um, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that um, because it's just like unsweetened and I think the flavor of the tea is really good. Mm-hmm. No, but for me, like I make a lot of tea at home. Iced tea doesn't happen very often because I usually don't have ice. Mm-hmm.
1: That's like okay. the big
0: sticking point, honestly, because I could just brew a pot of tea and put it in the fridge and then, you know, have mm-hmm. iced tea. Um, if I had some foresight, I could, but I, I, I rarely do it. And honestly, for me, in the especially when it's warm out, like going and getting an iced tea feels like a like a treat. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I tend to treat myself to. Well, I'm
1: just you know? curious if you're going to. That's going to be switched up this year.
0: Well, maybe because although I'll tell you, I have gone out and purchased iced tea almost every day this week. So, okay. so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I mean, like maybe I'll start to look at what I'm spending on iced tea and maybe <laughs> maybe that'll change. Um, yeah. I mean, I might. I I have to figure out my ice consumption. Like, yeah. I mean, well, my roommate has been buying ice and mm. it keeps coming in like these giant Amounts, which is great. If you need ice, you're like, "Wow, I have so much ice!" And then you look at the size of our freezer, and you're like, "This is a problem." It's mm-hmm. <laughs> the other problem. I have almost no room to keep ice, so okay. um, yeah. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll figure something out this year. Because yeah, I mean, you know, doing stuff at home. I already do a lot at home, so I don't know if I'm ready to give up my like rare treats in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh but. well um how are you how are you today? Sometimes we spend so long answering the question cuz you ask me first and then I don't ask you back.
0: Oh that's okay because I'm just not interested in myself, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I'm good. Uh you know, it's it's a very nice weekend here. It's a long weekend for some people. Mm-hmm. Um Which right now feels like completely immaterial. Like everybody's celebrating the three day weekend. I'm just like, yeah, and like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) there's what is going to be different about Monday than Sunday and Saturday. And like, I think I was joking with someone yesterday. They're like, yeah, do you have any big plans for the long weekend? And I was like, maybe a slightly longer hike than normal Mm -hmm. (laughs) because every day feels so similar now, right? Like, even. You know, like, your Saturday and Sunday aren't really that different. So when you add another day off, like, adding a Monday, it's kind of like, okay. Like, I was remembering, you know, last year, this this weekend, I was in Iceland. I'm like, that was very different. (laughs) (laughs) But then also, you know what, it... No, I, I really don't mean to say this as, like, complaining. I just mean, like, it really actually made me grateful for what I had done before. Like, I was, like, I had a moment where I was, like, I'm so glad I did that last year because yeah. if I had decided to push it off to this year or something, I wouldn't be able to do it. So That's actually how I, I'm
1: feeling right now. I'm, like, yeah. I regret not the opposite. I regret not prioritizing certain things because I don't know when we'll get to travel really now. It's just kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. I feel like
0: I traveled so much last year and it wasn't my initial plan to do so. It just kind of happened that way. And I think at the time I was like, obviously very excited because I love traveling, but also slightly internally panicked because I was like, oh my God, I'm hemorrhaging all this money. Like, yeah. what am I doing? And then now I'm just so grateful that I did it. Yeah. So I think that's like a good lesson is like, for sure. You know, sometimes it's okay to give yourself the experiences and like, yes, you can also tell yourself it'll always be there, but maybe sometimes it won't. And Mm -hmm, I mean, I like to be optimistic and think that we will have these opportunities again, but we don't know when. So, um, that's my philosophical, philosophical, (laughs) philosophical corner for today, I guess. Um, cause yeah, I really don't mean to say like, oh, this weekend is just going to be whatever. Like I am actually really excited. Like I am going to go on a longer hike than normal and I am maybe gonna, you know, go find some takeout and like some takeout alcohol and like, you know, go have a mm-hmm. little picnic somewhere and, you know,
1: try but to, we did, uh, we try did to take advantage of what
0: is there, you know, <laughs>
1: We're going to make hot dogs and potato salad because you got to lean into it somehow.
0: That sounds fantastic. I've actually been really craving hot dogs lately. I got
1: very jealous of our, our friend talking about a little d- delivery they got from a local deli with like a Memorial Day picnic. And I was like, that sounds amazing. We're definitely going to find a way to do something similar. So we, just, we got hot dogs, hot dog buns, potatoes, and <laughs> you know what else we got? Those like real uh, basic popsicles just like oh nice i'm not sorry not green purple red and orange ones that are just sugar on a stick i had one yesterday it was delicious
0: (laughs) sounds fantastic
1: so yeah
0: i think that sounds great i'm actually mad at myself for not thinking to do something like that and it's it's way too late because i have like a fridge full of food that i have to eat
1: oh okay yeah in that way
0: and it's like it's it's not things that i could be like it's like fish like i have to eat it and like and it's stuff that like, I'm like, I could throw it in the freezer, except I think when I bought it, it was already frozen. So mm-hmm. I don't want to like refreeze it. Um, but Ugh. that's okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll still order myself like a burger or something from somewhere. Yeah. No, cause I, I've started to notice, you know, like more restaurants here are opening for takeout and for sure. some were already open and I just was ignoring it because I didn't really feel comfortable. But now it just maybe badly. Like I'm, I'm like okay, let's try it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was walking by some places the other day and I was like, oh, they have like cocktails to go and a pizza. That actually sounds fun. Like I should yeah. do that. So maybe I'll do that this weekend.
1: Okay. Well, on that note, we should get into it. Yeah, I would say On that <laughs> note,
0: we've been babbling for a minute. Also so, this is going to air two weeks
1: after <laughs> Memorial Day. So, you know,
0: uh, all right, so Jenny has requested not to recap this episode, so mm-hmm. I'm going to try to tell us what happened in underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am think I'm going to keep it pretty high level because, yeah. as I was telling Jenny before we started recording, I really struggle sometimes to remember what happened in these episodes right after I've watched them. Mm-hmm. I watched this one two hours ago, so it should be fresh. Um, but mostly we're still dealing with a little bit the aftermath of a hole in the world and shells. So Wesley is still reeling from everything and trying to deal with this new demon goddess that he's for some reason tasked with babysitting. Um, so Illyria is basically sitting in a dark room with Wesley while he gets drunk and he tries to, I guess, pretend this isn't happening. Um, but everyone else, meanwhile, um, Well, at the beginning, except for Gunn, because Gunn is still in the hospital. Fred is dead. As everybody says, we're running out of people. Um, Everyone else decides, well, what's going on? So they go to... This is actually not correct. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is why... Okay. Let me center myself. All right. They go, whatever, whatever happens. They go to Eve's apartment, and she's hiding out from the senior partners. She hasn't left this apartment in weeks. We know how she feels mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they've painted all these symbols on the wall. So she feels like that's the only place she's safe from the senior partners. As they're talking with her, the symbols disappear and um, someone shows up at her door. She says he's there to kill her. Um, it's just a nicely dressed man in a suit. Uh, and so they take Eve and bring her to Wolfram and Hart. Angel puts her under his protection. Um as everyone points out, security has never been the strong suit at Wolfram and Hart, so they're not really sure what that's going to do. But meanwhile, they decide to go rescue Lindsay, who has, they think, been taken by the senior partners and is probably being tortured somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which hell dimension is he in? They don't really know. Turns out Gun knows the answer. Gun comes out of the hospital and decides to help You know, lend what knowledge he has. Um, and so they go take Angel's self-driving car to (laughs) – you can't make this up. They take Angel's self-driving car through a tunnel, end up in the suburbs. And it turns out Lindsay has been living in this, like, very leave-it-to-beaver world where, you know, it's, it's like, suburban hellscape, quite – literally. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's him and a bunch of other men, like every morning they leave their houses and they pick up the newspaper and then they go back inside. and, And on the surface, Lindsay's got this perfect life. He's got an adoring wife who loves him. He's got a cute little son. And, you know, they're just living their happy existence until his wife asks him to please go down into the basement and get a light bulb for the oven. And turns out in the basement, every time Lindsay goes down there, this demon comes and like rips his heart out. Mm-hmm. And then the whole cycle starts over. So Lindsay is being tortured. Um, Angel, Spike, and Gun arrive to rescue Lindsay. They take off his necklace that apparently is keeping him in this some kind of trance. And Lindsay realizes, oh, hey, guys, what's up? Like, yeah, I'm being tortured. And they decide to rescue him, but someone has to stay. So Gun sacrifices himself and puts him in his himself in Lindsay's place seemingly as atonement for what he did for, to Fred or mm-hmm. what he when caused he to happen with Fred for. that he feels responsible for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they go back to Wolfram and Hart. Eve and Lindsay are reunited and this guy in a suit shows back up. And basically what he's actually after is to have Eve sign away her immortality and her position at Wolfram and heart over to him so he wasn't literally there to kill her. he was there to remove her immortality, splitting hairs, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he's now the new liaison to the senior partners. Yeah, sorry, I messed that up badly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like got on a roll and I was like, "Wait, what, yeah, what was happening? Um, I mean,
1: a lot of things happened, so I understand kind of getting you know it's hard not to get in the weeds of it. I do in general feel especially with these last couple episodes, like, and this is sort of a spoiler for the next one as well, or at least my feelings on it. I do feel like these scripts generally have been better. Like the episodes are better, even though the overall, like the show is still lacking in a lot of big ways, but I feel like these episodes are not the torturous ones to sit through the way that they have been in the past, you know? It's true. Like, it's, I wouldn't
0: say this episode is very strong, but I wasn't, like, I watching wasn't the I wasn't bored. Clock. I
1: wasn't annoyed. I mean, well, I'm always annoyed, but that's, you know, that's, like, the baseline that I, you know, that's my own, you know, issues or whatever, but it's, like, if I had just been watching this and I didn't have all this other baggage, either from the past seasons or from just my own experience with these shows, then I would feel like these episodes were fine, you know? So yeah, I do think I these are better Yeah, and I
0: I had more issues with the next episode, even though... I thought it was better.
1: I agree. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I this one was kind of was you fine. know, it was just like inoffensive. But but it also, again, I think this one suffers because before we literally had no background really as to like what the hell Lindsay and Eve were up to. And so now right. coming and trying to rescue them and deal with the fallout, it's kind of like why are we doing this? Like I
1: definitely yeah I agree because I was that was a thought that I had was it <laughs> I think for the sake of having Cordelia come back in the 100th episode they mangled this storyline right like we were in such a not in such a hurry but it was like apparently really important to them that that happened in the 100th episode this is just the impression I'm getting from watching it that it was like we rushed the conclusion of the Lindsay story without going through the back the background and now we're like oh here's sort of some of the background let's like talk to him first before we kill him I'm like I feel like these should have been in the other something about this all should have been reordered
0: Feels a yeah, because like Eve a is also telling them like they had this plan to take out the senior partners, and they actually ask her, okay, so then why all this stuff with Angel? And she's like, well, he just doesn't like you. And like from a user, like a
1: user, a user. perspective, <laughs> from a, yes, mm-hmm.
0: from a a viewer's perspective, that doesn't make enough sense to like put the time in, right? Like, right, Lindsay just also deciding to roll Angel up in these plans doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, especially because once he encounters Angel in the hell world, he, like, Lindsay also, like, maybe this is the script, maybe it's the acting choices, I don't know, but Lindsay has almost no reaction to any of this. (laughs) He
1: does, he's very, like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I, you know what, though, what is, what does bother me is that I feel like, last episode, they sort of started hinting that maybe Lindsay wasn't really dead, and in this episode, obviously he's not, but... I do feel like, again, for the sake of the single episode with Cordelia, they really played it off as a conclusion that Angel bests him, which is to say kills him. So it's very weird to me that they're now kind of undermining that. Like, it doesn't really undermine the fact I just, it's just another quibble with how, you know, they're they're often so determined to tell one particular story in a particular moment that they don't think about the greater repercussions for like a serialized television show you know so it is irritating sometimes how much like or that just, like,
0: only now he's curious as to like what was that all about yeah, like, yeah because yeah. i know that like okay in the meantime fred has been turned into a demon but they didn't know that was gonna happen so
1: you know it had yeah. been
0: a few weeks in between when or yeah because there was a whole other episode between when cordelia like came back as to when everything happened with fred so, like, nobody's curious as to, like, hey, what? why was Lindsay here? What was he doing? Like, yeah. nobody's really trying to track down Eve. They just kind of let her go. And to me, that's really strange. And, like, now it's like we're picking up this loose thread, but it. It's yeah. like the it show has decided bit. it didn't matter and now it's the only thing left because you've written yourself into like this corner where you've killed off everyone. So like yeah. who's <laughs> left to care about? It's like, oh yeah, remember that thing with Lindsay? Let's go find out what happened there. Yeah. And while I actually really love the premise of this episode of like the hell that Lindsay's trapped in, I mm-hmm. think it's, it's I think it's, it's clever. Really, like yeah. I you know, I, I like I it. Um there's just not enough to go on. And again, not not to kind of, like, bash too much on this, because I will say, like, you're right. Like, this wasn't well, a terrible to episode. we the things we liked
1: after this. Yeah, there
0: were some things I liked. But it's also all in service of Gunn's inner <laughs> turmoil and, like, Gunn's decision to atone for what happened to Fred. So, like... It's not even really about Lindsay. It's using Lindsay as, like, a way to get to what's going on with Gun or what Gun's decisions are going to be, which yeah. are also all undermined by the fact that didn't they fire him in the last episode? I know. Episode? I know. I was so
1: confused about that, too. I was like, why did we make such a big show about firing him, only to have him still completely work for them? Only whatever. to
0: have him be like, why isn't Gun at this meeting? And it's yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah, like, I that, know. That first, ep- that first scene in the episode where Angel's like, where is everybody? I was like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, yeah
1: I agree. <laughs> I do agree with that. Um, and kind of to riff off of this point before, again, we, I did generally like the gun storyline in this episode. But to your point, I think because there's, again, they're a little bit determined to, like, make this a Lindsay episode when they should have probably made this a gun centric episode. because Like, it, it ultimately, you know, the conclusion is maybe more about gun, but he's not really the focus of most of the lead up. And I do think it would have been a better episode if they had focused on him because I, you know, gun has gotten the short shrift so many times in this show and to kind of finally have something that like, I I'm glad that everybody else rather quickly agreed that they had kind of mischaracterized what Gunn was responsible for, but I a thousand percent buy that Gunn personally feels the weight of this, you know, this choice that he made. So I, I like it a lot from his angle. I just wish I do wish that they had focused on him even more.
0: And they never mention that Wesley stabs gun. Like they it's like a passing mention, but like they're like, Oh, you're out of the hospital, like what's taking so long? It's like, uh
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's fair.
0: I so, just I think like on the edges I can kinda get behind some of this and I think it's interesting. It's just that the journey here has been so slapdash and like inconsistent that we're really starting to suffer because like i'm not even sure this show can have a good episode at this point because everything is built off of such a shaky foundation yeah um so like while there are moments that i like and there are you know questions that they're trying to explore here and character arcs it's just there's just too much garbage around it
1: yeah it's too far gone this would be a great season two of a show (laughs) yeah it's not a great season five um So, but to get back to it, first of all, I actually didn't notice this until the last episode, but when I was looking up, I think it happened in this episode. Uh, Guess who's in the opening credits? I know. (laughs) I literally cheered. Yeah. Uh, Way to go, Mercedes McNabb, a.k.a. Harmony. You, no one has ever been more deserving to be in a main cast, you know, added to a main cast she was, you know, once again, kind of minimally used in this episode, but like, I, I mean, I'm fine with it. She, you know, it's way too late in the game to make her the focus of season five, you know, the last season of a show. Uh, but I'm thrilled to have her around permanently, I think, for the rest of the show and to just have them take, you know, more care to insert her as the comedic relief because she's just so good at it. I love her. I love her. I love everything about her. She was a delight as always. Way to go. <laughs>
0: And I always wonder how those decisions get made because I was looking at it and I was like, oh, is that because somebody dropped out of the credits, but they didn't? So right. I,
1: I why make that decision now yeah. and
0: then also have it happen? Maybe it's like one of those things where they're like, okay, you're going to cancel us, then how come, so why not for the last six episodes, like yeah. make this actress a regular?
1: I think, because I, I wonder if I'm sure that comes well. with
0: the, like a bump in pay and all yeah, of that.
1: for sure. Um,
0: Just does, does feel a little bit... Late.
1: <laughs> yeah. And well, we can talk about the timing of the f- cancellation of the show, I think, with the next episode as well. Uh, or rather, we can get into it with the next episode, even though I think it applies here too. Uh, my other, my other just obvious observation, because you didn't specifically call it out. We should have been playing Firefly Bingo since season seven of Buffy. I know. I almost said it in the (laughs) overview,
0: but I was like, well, that's, I'm already doing a bad job. That's going to butcher this even more if I'm like, it's Jane. (laughs) The
1: mysterious stranger who shows up to take Eve's place is none other than Jane from Firefly. I mean, I have no problem, obviously, with them reusing these actors. For the most part, they're great. I already like knew Eve a thousand times more than I ever liked Eve and I don't know if it's just because I hated that particular character so much or if it's because what's his face Adam something Adam Baldwin Yeah. yeah
0: but he's not a Baldwin brother
1: right is maybe bringing a little bit more to it I think he just isn't trying to be too cutesy with this position which is and I think that's why I don't I'm not reacting badly to him so yeah, obviously too late to make this change and have it really mean anything in the terms of the show. But I am in, I'm happy to be done with Eve, and I'm happy to have somebody else kind of who just see, is already doing a better job with this kind of position.
0: Well, also because here's the thing. I mean, I think maybe I'm gonna throw them a bone and assume I probably shouldn't, but mm-hmm. maybe they decided to make Eve a woman at the start because there yeah, aren't was, that many women on right. the show.
1: Yeah, you know, they had already
0: gotten rid of Lila and Cordelia and all these people. So like Fred would was literally the only one other than Harmony. So yeah. maybe that was the choice. And also it it adds this like quote sexy element for Angel. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. No, like my favorite thing about new Eve, I forget his name. I don't even
1: know if they said his name.
0: It doesn't matter. <laughs> is that he, in the next episode, I think it's, I think it's in the next one, where he basically straight up tells Angel, he's like, "Look, I'm not a little girl. We're not going to go have sex on this couch. Yeah, yeah. Like, Marcus this is, is a name. different kind of relationship." And I'm like, "Why couldn't it have just been
1: this?" <laughs> I know, I know, and it, and it really is though. It's like as much as maybe they did want to make sure that they weren't writing out all the female characters. Like, I probably, I think I'd rather have no none <laughs> than the poorly executed ones. Obviously, Eve's terribleness is mostly due to the way they wrote her. So, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not. That actress's fault, probably mostly that I didn't because like you that can't. Character. They it's wanted like, her to
0: be both things. They, they wanted they, her to be this le- mysterious liaison, and they wanted her to be some kind of like, you know, red herring, like sex distraction for Angel.
1: Yeah, it was just very bad. So it was weird. But I like Marcus already. I like you know.
0: Oh, is his name Marcus? Yeah, Sorry, I looked
1: okay. it up. <laughs> uh. I I like him. He's got a straightforward nature. He's like kind of, you know, blazes in. He's obviously super powerful. He's a he's a better fit. But yeah, so I think think overall, though, what the two things that I did like about this episode was, first of all, this hell dimension, you know, it it's it's a fun riff on. Oh, we think he's going to be getting tortured somewhere. Instead, he's sort of living in this Stepford neighborhood that, you know, is its own creepiness out the gate you know it's obviously recognized I think as soon as we see him it's clear or rather quickly after we get introduced to where he is it's obvious that like well something's up with this dimension everybody doesn't go get their newspaper at the same time it's obviously going to be hellish in some way and then the kind of reveal that like the way he's being tortured in the basement I I don't know I I, I like this I think it's a I think it was a well wrought episode you know dimension for one episode I, I liked it I thought it was fun
0: yeah and I, I, I always am a sucker for like the suburbs are hell yeah, kind of me too. play because <laughs> <Frankly>. <laughs> like it's not true, but it's also true. So yeah. it's like when you see that played up, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and also like, you know, they're playing with some fun tropes. Like there's a scary monster in the basement. There mm-hmm. literally is a scary monster in the basement. You know, your wife is trying to kill you. As like, is you know, your small child. Yeah
1: there were a couple of really sloppy action cuts in this episode though, where some like clearly fake, like I saw the a dummy of the child at one point when he was Well, like, they
0: can't uh, fling a child against I the know, wall. But then
1: maybe just don't show that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was already shocked enough. They had a child using an automatic weapon, yeah. but I mean, yeah,
1: but yeah, no, year, I, I, I agree that, you know, suburbs as hell is kind of a evergreen <laughs> trope. I'm not sick of it yet. Uh, I I don't know. I liked it.
0: Also, I mean, for a show that has not always tried very hard to make its episode titles make sense, I did appreciate the extra layers here of like the basement is literally underneath the house Mm -hmm. and that's where all the action's going down. Hell is also underneath. Mm -hmm. And then also there's this idea that, you know, the apocalypse is bubbling up from underneath Mm
1: -hmm. them. Which I Do you think, think was more
0: metaphorical. But it hit it
1: on the head too much to have him having that conversation with his son, or does that I I think it works because we see Gunn fall into the same exact conversation. So yeah. I, mean, I think it's so sort of part of the torture.
0: <laughs> that I'm glad you mentioned that, because I meant to bring that up too, and I kinda of forgot because like that's also the literal like underneath. Okay, what's underneath that? What's underneath that? Yeah. What's underneath that? Um but I think having the reveal be that like that's just the script that they keep saying. Yeah. Like made it a little like more forgivable, because you're right, it does really hit the nail on the head, but then when, when they repeat it, then you're like, uh, oh, okay, yeah. this is, yeah. <laughs> because agree. also, it is it is kind of interesting where he's asking the question, like, what's underneath that, what's underneath that, and there's always another, like, scientific layer mm-hmm. until you get to the I don't know, and then it's like, okay, fill in the blank, like, we know if you're an educated adult viewer watching, you're like, oh, it's the core, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, but if you don't or something, it's like, or if you if you want to lean into where this episode is taking you what's underneath that it's not the chewy center it's hell (laughs)
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so I thought that was actually
1: I agree when I think
0: about it more it's like less less like nail on the head more a little bit thought-provoking I agree
1: and it's funny how much repeating it really sells it in the end right because like I said that really makes it more for the benefit of the characters rather than as exposition for the viewers once they're repeating it it's like oh this is here to be messing with guns head now I don't know so yeah I yeah, so good job on this kind of as a theme. Good job on the hell dimension. Um, well, and I also just want to talk about gun. Yeah. I don't know. I like I don't I said, know what to say I, about gun. I don't I don't know what to say other than I what I kind of already said, which is I don't appreciate in the last episode everybody blaming him when clearly he didn't know the specifics of what he was doing. And, you know, and they were blaming him fairly directly, not just saying you shouldn't have made this choice at all. Um, but like I said, what I do definitely buy is Gunn's own guilt over that. There's no way he doesn't, you know, he not only did he have this romantic relationship with Fred a long time, or, you know, a while ago, but like, I mean, they were some of the characters that didn't hate each other. They liked each other. They definitely had a bond. I can, I really imagine if I were him, I would feel as much shame and guilt as he does over this choice that I made, even though he didn't know exactly what he was doing. So I do like this notion that he had his own plan going into this to sacrifice himself and to punish himself for what he's done. I mean, I definitely had a moment where I was like, oh my God, is this the last time we ever see Gun?" Because what, like, how would I have forgotten that? But I'm glad that that's not the case. But I still think, I don't know, I'm really compelled by his personal journey that he's kind of going through right now.
0: Yeah, I mean... This season Gun has been so interesting to me because I think we were really celebrating at the beginning <laughs> they finally decided to do something with Gun yeah. like other than just have him in the background as the muscle and it was like kind of refreshing like giving him something to do yeah that was really interesting and also represented like a character arc where the character is thinking what do I want like what mm-hmm. what can I offer what else what else do I have and they took him there and then he just kind of became the same thing but with legalese instead right. of muscle right like <laughs> yeah. so it's like they still didn't really know what to do and so now it's like I agree with you like I was a little worried I couldn't remember I was like I mean I think Gun is still here so like is this where we leave him but it's also incredibly frustrating because what I do like and I agree with you is like the moments where we see Gun wrestling with what mm-hmm. happened but what I don't enjoy is the fact that nobody else will recognize that he must be doing that or doesn't yeah. assume that it's like no one else Again, like, there is no foundation here for this to rest on yeah. because none of the other characters appear to even remotely care about yeah. what's up with him. They, like, from one episode to the next, literally seem to have forgotten that he's been fired. I know. And, <laughs>
1: it's like and, I, and I just
0: find that inexplicable. Like, I cannot, like, I cannot stress enough how much that first scene just confused the hell out of me. me. Too, like, me too. I sat there, I was like, did I completely misunderstand the ending I of said the whole episode? To, yeah.
1: I said that when we were watching it too.
0: Because it's, I mean, that's, a complete 180. And and then, you know, I remembered what show I was watching. I was like, no, this isn't me. This is the show. But, like, it's not my fault. but, But I think Gunn really suffers from that. And so I'm glad this isn't the end that we see of him. But
1: I... It definitely could have been better,
0: but it could have been better. And I also like I I like digging into what he's dealing with. but I think what I'm trying to say is like I I still feel I think a little bit disappointed. Like uh, yeah yeah he's still getting I think short shrift. And
1: well yeah, I mean yeah, he literally
0: sure. accidentally caused the death of his ex girlfriend.
1: I yeah. mean why wasn't and we're this still only spending time
0: episode. with Wesley mourning her at all? And like yeah. it's like the show only lets one person really feel it. And yeah, I mean I will say maybe there's a reason for that because. You know, we talked about how this season has overall been a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. and I think if everybody is like miserable, it does get really dark. And I came to that realization in the next episode. Yeah, <laughs> when we we see a very quick flashback montage of like, and I literally recoiled. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like I I had already forgotten just how dark this show had gotten. Yeah. So maybe it's better that Gunn isn't really allowed to feel his real feelings while Wesley's going through his stuff and, like, Gunn's is not as profound as I want it to be because maybe that would just be too depressing.
1: But I think what you're pointing – what you are kind of drawing attention to, though, is the fact that it's not that Gunn doesn't feel those things. It's just that the camera's not on him. So I do feel like that's why it it feels undercooked is because it's clear by the end of this when he makes that sacrifice, it did feel a little bit out of nowhere because we weren't spending any time with Gunn. It didn't feel out of nowhere, logically. I could defi- I was definitely like, okay, I get it, I understand why he's doing this, and I'm, I, you know, and I'm compelled by it. But kind of to my earlier point, why is this the Lindsay episode? Why isn't this the Gun episode? And I, yeah, maybe they don't want the show to get too bogged down in grief. But at the same time, then don't kill your character. <laughs> you know, like there's a right, different solution exactly. to that is to not make this happen. If you don't want to deal with the fallout and have a dark show, maybe you shouldn't have killed Fred. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, yeah. And why is circling back to a character
0: that we don't really care that much?
1: Yeah. And I will say, for one, you know, I have pointed out oftentimes being disappointed with, I think, um, Gunn's acting, the the actor's acting. But I thought he was good in this one. So, you know, maybe he's not good at it because they never let him (laughs) do it, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, if you don't use your muscles, they (laughs) get weak.
1: Yeah. So I think. There was definitely a lot of. You're just standing in the back going,
0: I got my fists,
1: like. Yeah. (laughs) So. But, like I said, in terms. What we were trying to do is say things that we did like about this episode. I did like a lot about. I liked a lot about the trappings. I liked a lot about the framing. I did appreciate the callback to shrimp dimensions that Illyria oh, brings oh my out. my gosh. I'm not going to not laugh <laughs> at we'll that. We'll never
0: not laugh
1: at that. <laughs> she went to a hell dimension that was all shrimp, or rather a dimension that was all shrimp, which we've heard about in Buffy. Um, so, yeah, a solid medium. Should we move on? Yeah. Or do you have any I, I I
0: want to bring up one sorry. thing, though, because, sorry, I think we'll get into it maybe a little more in this episode. I don't remember which one really covered it more, but I am still frustrated that Wesley has immediately shifted from being sad about Fred. He's still sad about Fred, but also now feeling like Illyria is his responsibility. Yeah. And he has to kind of figure out what to do with her, but also we're still focused on this idea of, like, she's learning our world. She doesn't know what's going on. She, and it's like, it's about this demon goddess. And I'm like, so we've, we've fully shifted from like caring about what happened to Fred to like now we're supposed to yeah. feel sympathy still for this demon. And
1: right.
0: I, I just don't feel like I like that progression. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think we can talk about some of the reasons for maybe the rush uh, when yeah. we get into the next episode. Maybe
0: that's the problem is the rush. Maybe I if this had all played out. Better, it wouldn't have felt so weird.
1: But then again, they didn't spend any time grieving Cordelia after she officially died, so I don't know. Right. I don't want to give them too much credit. True. Um, another, Sorry, another thing that I do want to point out about Underneath, and again, this is like, I'm really throwing them a bone to believe that this was supposed to be character growth, but boy, oh boy, do I wish they had made the point themselves. You know, <laughs> yes, Angel seems to have forgotten that he fired Gun, but he also really quickly just kind of forgives him for a situation that is nearly identical to what happened, not nearly identical, but very similar to what happened with Wesley, leaving him alone in the hospital. You know, like it was hard not to reflect on like, oh, we've seen Wesley in this exact position where all his friends have abandoned him and they're all blaming him for something that he, you know, is has a questionable res- re- ownership for. Um, but then that angel was sort of like, yeah, whatever, it's fine, gun come back. And I was like, I really wish that, I understand why he and Wesley can't have that conversation because at this point, Wesley doesn't remember any of that. But I do wish that, they pointed out more that like was that supposed to be growth for Angel, you know, that he learned that he, the way his answer to his problems isn't abandoning his friends in the hospital or like I don't know. It was just very again undercooked. It was very half-baked like okay, the idea is there but you don't quite full finish.
0: The juxtaposition also really calls that into relief because right. like it would have been nice to have some recognition that that is what's happening or had happened because in the very next episode, right, we're
1: gonna, we're gonna on talk it. about this. Yeah. And it's
0: like it would really be nice if Angel had kind of said something like along the lines of, Oh, I've learned like it's not productive or
1: something yeah, to like yeah. not just move. A, I don't know. But just like just a tiny well, line here or there to tie these things together.
0: Okay. Why don't you because we've been circling around it for a yeah. few minutes now. Let's uh let's go into origin.
1: Yeah, so uh as as, as we always do, I will try to keep this brief.
0: Hey, I set the bar super low today, so you, you can literally trip over it.
1: Um. So in this episode, we see uh, kind of a, you know, a back in the olden times, angel investigations moment where a couple has sort of experienced something maybe supernatural, and they've been told that this, these are the people that can help you. So this couple is talking to Wesley. They're explaining their son was hit by a truck, and he's, like, so worried about what happened, and they're like, no, 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 the problem is that nothing happened. He got hit by a car, and nothing injured him. I forget if it was a car or truck, sorry. Uh, but no, he wasn't hurt at all, and now they're kind of a little bit alarmed about what that might mean. So, lo and behold, their son walks in the door, and who is it? But it's Connor. Also, should I have recognized the parents? Yes. Um, so Angel de- decides that he's not going to help them, because he... Well, <laughs> we can talk about his reasons later. But, of course, he... They all end up getting sucked into a story together. Um, it turns out somebody has been hunting Connor now because he was prophesied to kill the de- the time-traveling demon from seasons three and four. And so they're trying to bring him back into the fray, even though he doesn't remember anything about that old life. Meanwhile, Wesley, you know, doesn't remember anything to do with Connor, so he doesn't understand what's going on, but kind of starts seeing these cracks in kind of this um, fake story that had been built in all their minds. Minds And with the help of Illyria, he more or less, he figures out almost the whole thing, but not quite. So Connor is destined to fight the demon whose name I can't think of. Sajon. Sajon. While he's doing so, he really doesn't have his memories. He doesn't know how to fight. But Wesley comes back, cracks the you know magical orb that holds all the memories, <laughs> um, and they all get their memories back. Well, maybe Connor doesn't, but I think it's pretty clear by the end of the episode that he has, in fact, remembered everything that happened, but he chooses to go back and live with his own family after, yes, killing Sajan. Yeah, so I, to sum up, this is the episode where Connor returns, and at least Wesley, Angel, and Connor all get their memories back about what happened. Well, Angel already had them, but Wesley and Connor get them back.
0: Yeah, I um, I'll just take you through a brief emotional arc I went on this episode <laughs> of immediately was like, I saw the parents in the office and I didn't recognize them.
1: I Were was we trying supposed to? Rep- to? I yeah. don't know.
0: We've seen them once. But I was trying to
1: place the actor because I've definitely seen him in other things. And I was like, oh, I was trying so hard to place him in other things besides the show. I forgot he was in this one already.
0: <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, I think this is the one where Like they start talking about their kid and I'm like, oh, maybe this is the one with Connor. And then we see Connor and I immediately went, ugh. (laughs) it's like, ugh, Connor's back. And then, you know, I'm kind of getting into it. And then, and then they mentioned Sajan and I, I literally was like, wait, which one was Sajan? And then I was like, oh, do I, I don't care. (laughs) It's like, why are we still talking about demons from before? And then, and then when this, you know, this whole thing comes to a head and it's like Wesley versus Angel and Wesley's really suspicious of what Angel did. And and I'm like, it always comes down to these two, just like trusting each other, not trusting each other, like learning some secret. And I'm like, can we not? But okay. I just wanted to say my emotional journey off the top, because I will say, I actually really liked this episode. Me too.
1: And I I I had a lot of
0: problems, as I said, because it's built off of so much that's problematic. Yeah. But I think given that it does a much better job than the last episode of like telling a coherent story and getting us to a place that like by the end, I actually was like,
1: hey, Connor. (laughs) Well, and I have to say, yeah, I got really choked up when there is a moment. Okay, so Connor starts hanging around the law firm and it's clear that his his parents have kind of left him there so that they can like do some tests and try and figure out what's going on. Um, and he or sorry, this is actually after the fact he leaves with his parents and gets attacked by demons. Uh, and he and angel end up in a fight together. And at the end of it, he looks to angel and he's like, wow, that was so cool. And they sort of play it for laughs as in like, he's, I don't know. It was meant to be a comedic episode or uh, moment. And it really made me, it like gutted me where I was like, yeah, I remember when this was like the version of their life that they, that angel really desperately wanted. And that like, I also personally really wanted for them. So it was, it was yeah, I got I got kind of worked up about it as well. I guess I'm trying to just say though that in general I agree with you. There were so many problems with this that all are just kind of based on the problems that season 4 created and then also the problems I think that we should talk about from maybe them realizing at this point in the filming schedule that they weren't coming back and trying to rush a lot of stuff in there. So like there are definitely a lot of hiccups, but overall I thought this was a good episode. I thought it was a great episode, frankly. And that's why I'm like I do too. The script was so tight and so it's like that's where it's like, man, I wish we could have always been doing stuff like this because then maybe we wouldn't have all these burdens of the bad storylines that have to feed into this one because it's like the pacing was good, the acting was good, the stories were good. Like, yeah, it just had so much going for it.
0: And I love that they don't draw out this whole like thing of like, will Connor figure out who Angel is? Like, it just kind of happens. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about the emotional impact of this, I agree. I think it was really effective. And I I think a lot of it is down to the way this plays out is kind of mysterious right like mm-hmm. we on, on the one hand we're getting a lot of answers in this episode like maybe some explanation as to why sajan cares so much about like helping holtz with right. connor because you know we thought it was about sticking it to angel right yeah but it turns out he has identified connor as this baby who's going to grow up to kill him so he thinks shipping him off to kortoth with holtz is a way to stop that from happening um and i don't even remember how he wound up in a jar but he did so yeah.
1: no, I didn't remember that either. I was I like, don't okay, remember. sure, I'll take your word for it.
0: <laughs> I, like, basically didn't even remember if he was for sure that demon until he mentioned Kortos, and I was like, okay, right, this is who this is. So we get a few answers on that, but then, you know, and Wesley gets his answers of, like, Wesley's going on this investigation the whole time of, like, Fred had holes in her memories. What does that mean? Like, because Ilaria kind of says, oh, yeah, Fred had, you know, some some fake memories or something, but she couldn't really be specific. And they're digging into this warlock and they realize Wolfram and Hart had paid him a ton of money like the day Mm -hmm. that Angel took over Wolfram and Hart. So... Um, Wesley's kind of starting to put pieces together and what Wesley really is afraid that is what happened is that Angel made some kind of devil's bargain right. with Wolfram and Hart and what happened to Fred was the outcome of that. Because again, Wesley can never truly trust Angel, blah, blah, blah. Like that part I didn't like. His immediate assumptions that like what happened to Fred was the result of that. Yeah, agreed. But he learns about Connor and Wesley also learns in this episode that he betrayed Angel. So that answers my constant question right. of how much of that season was supposed to have happened.
1: Well, sort of Turns out, it, but not, not entirely. Sort of,
0: but like turns out not that much because Wesley is totally yeah. surprised that this happened. I mean, I think I mentioned a few minutes ago talking about that um, that montage that yeah. we see. I kind of really like seeing it all together like that. You're just like, whoa, like yeah. <laughs> the show is really dark and a lot of like bad stuff went down. And so we're seeing two people, one of whom knew about this and one of whom didn't kind of come to a realization but the unanswered question, what, sorry, my point of this, <laughs> of what I really liked is that the unanswered question is like, did this actually affect Connor? Did his memories come back? Because he is behind this kind of magical wall, mm-hmm. like, so there's an open question. Yeah. He's acting like nothing, nothing is wrong when he sees Angel. But I think the the trick is to remember what Wesley says is to push aside reality and embrace the memories that you like Mm -hmm. you know the ones that you would prefer to have like Wesley is saying that he doesn't really want to confront the idea that he betrayed everyone so he's going to maybe for now just think about his fake memories and I think that's what Connor does because he's he's still very well adjusted he doesn't turn into like surly psychotic Connor Mm -hmm. but he does say things to Angel like you know oh I think I should be getting back to my family like I think that's where I belong like Meaning, I think that's the version of this that I should go with, yeah. like, because if he can see both sides, it's very clear which one he he's should better. stick yeah. with, if possible. <laughs> but I think that that last sign, when he said, no, well, I got a little choked up, yeah. is when he tells Angel, like, you know, you've got to go do the right thing for your family. Yeah. He's
1: like,
0: and he looks at him, and he's like, my father taught me that. And I was like, he knows. Like, he, he definitely does. Numbers.
1: And I. But I, I
0: love this idea of, like, allowing him to both
1: remember, and then choose to not. I agree. And I... You know, it also kind of it doesn't it certainly doesn't absolve all the sins of that previous of, you know, of which we've talked ad nauseum. No, but I do. It was really cathartic, I think, to get to finally see Connor be happy and then choose to be happy, you know, because it was like so much of the end of season four was I think both of us just, you know, it was just constant how bad things were for Connor that were totally outside of his control. Cause it's like in the beginning of his introduction as a teenager, it's like, he's kind of the dipshit, but then eventually it was just like, there's no way out for him because he's just in such a bad situation. I just don't understand how he could possibly come out of this unscathed. And so it's like, they write this big, big out. And yeah, it was sad at the end of season four to have him not remember angel, but like, I don't know, I'm doing a bad job of expressing this, but I just, I am very happy to get to see, First of all, to get to see this version of Connor that's not so damaged, that didn't have all of this just mystical and centuries worth of burdens thrust upon him. I don't know. It's so nice to get. Yeah. I don't know. There's also something very maybe true about this. Like he now has those memories of this happier life. So it is easier for him to adjust. Like he can still really... Not easily be that version of himself, but it's like it's more ingrained in him now. I think that he has this better life to reflect on and just like accept this other.
0: Well, yeah, no, I think it life. really works where he can be made aware that this happened, but he still but has, he that has also experienced yeah. Yeah. the better life, yeah. and so that also gives him the clarity to recognize, you know, because he could so easily flip and be like. Angry with Angel right. about
1: yeah, it know, allows him to see the erasing his memories really and
0: how dare you do this to me and you know blah blah blah. But he I think now has the clarity to say, okay, you did the right thing, the right thing. because I've now seen two versions of my existence and you clearly gave me the one you felt was best for me yeah. and it didn't have you in it yeah. and. I I think Connor, this new Connor is in a place where he can see that and be grateful to Angel rather than resentful. I agree.
1: And he and that was such a big part of him in season four. Right. Was just resenting that Angel had lost him in the first place. So, again, I think he's finally now has the tools to to emotionally deal with what all the choices that Angel had to make that were also sort of out of his hand. But
0: also, you're right. I mean, the gut punch, too, is in this episode, we finally see Angel living the life he wanted with Connor, teaching him how to fight, telling him to stay away from the weapons, maybe realizing he's at college and a good college and being really proud of him and also careful of him and, you know, joking around with him. and, And you see, and I think let's just say, I think David Boreanaz did a really good job in this episode of I, I his interactions his with, well, they too. both did. Yeah. yeah. But I think his interactions with him of every time Connor says something and angels expecting the worst yeah. and it ends up being like, yeah, isn't that funny? haha <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, it's
1: like yeah. this
0: joking relationship that he he didn't get to have with Connor. Oh God,
1: you're right. You're making me get sad all over. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but just, I, 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 I keep, I, I'm
0: getting into the weeds here because I think this episode has no right to, be this effective or this good because, you know, going back to what we were just talking about the last episode, building on this horrible foundation, you know, they found their way to this very cathartic episode that actually, I mean, I don't know, I don't remember if we're done with Connor, but is actually a pleasure to watch versus, like, everything that
1: came before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe a lot of the crux of of it is for this show is, like, always... It has gotten really dark, and so often the conclusions have been sad and upsetting, you know, and this is the first time I feel like we've really gotten to see a sacrifice pay off. You know, Angel did something, and it cost everybody a lot, and it was worth it, maybe? You know what I mean? I feel like that hasn't ever really been the dynamic in the past. People have made these bad decisions, and it's just continued to have terrible consequences where it's like, for once, but somebody made what we knew at the time was also the, you know, the probably the best decision that he could make, but to getting to really see that it was, it was, it really meant something, you know, it's nice to see that for once something worked out at least as well as it could.
0: But what it also raised for me that I hadn't really considered before this is that the sacrifice Angel made wasn't only on his behalf or for his, like, so where I've been sitting and confused this whole season is, to what extent Angel rewrote history and, you know, just taking Connor out obviously has some ripple effects of everyone else's memory, but I do sympathize with Wesley in this episode, Yeah, for sure. you know, thinking Angel sold them all out for this, which isn't strictly true because they all came to this decision on mm-hmm. their own that they were going to join Wolfram and Hart. So Angel didn't make that decision for them. So blaming Angel for that is not fair. But what he did do was remove their memories of how they got there. Yeah. So that when things start to feel bad about did we make the right decision, maybe we're not playing for the right side, they don't have the the full picture Mm -hmm. of how they wound up there. And so he did rob them of a bit of personal agency in that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, which is
0: I, not something I had really been considering.
1: And to your earlier complaint and, and or note, I mean, I kind of had this complaint, too, is, like, I don't want to watch Angel and Wesley go through the same exact dynamic over and over and over again. I appreciate, though, that in, it, it was fairly limited, at least, like, time-wise, you know, how much they dwelled on that in this episode. But I think the really crucial point, as you've pointed out, it's, it's un- it was really unclear what Wesley did or didn't remember, but I feel... I feel like this episode maybe made it clear that he didn't betray angel in this timeline. So Mm -hmm. it does make sense to me that he hasn't maybe learned that whatever level of trust he and that was broken between him and angel in the past that they now have maybe worked through didn't happen. So I I guess I just, I I do buy it a little bit more. He hasn't gone through that experience. So he is going to make that same mistake again. And it really clarifies oh, really, I think it was a Angel's few episodes mistakes, ago where
0: Angel's struggling to trust Wesley and Wesley has no idea why. Yeah. Now we know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I do still I still think it's very sloppy if you try if we try to think about it too hard or maybe not sloppy but it's like it's not worth going down that like rabbit hole but We could
0: pull these threads and the whole thing's yeah. going to fall apart but maybe but, we shouldn't.
1: Yeah. You're right. You know, the more we talk about this episode the more I like it though. You know what really I think what it really comes down to for me is like I was just so sad and heartbroken for Connor for so much of season four. It really is just all about me seeing him be happy in this one. (laughs) Like
0: I am so happy
1: for him and I am glad that he gets to still have the memories of what happened because I do think, yeah, to to just kind of to every point is like, it's not fair to take somebody's memories and agency away from them, but I'm really glad that he gets away with it the way that he does gets out of it the way that he does. I'm so happy for you Connor I was so sad for you for so long <laughs> like, and oh my god we haven't even talked about it I know that you have some problems with Illyria, and I in the grand scheme of things also too but like her and Spike I I was totally charmed by the comedy duo of con- Elyria yes.
0: and Spike is fine
1: her <laughs> punching him uh, everybody deciding that Spike's role in the group is to be the guinea pig <laughs> it's like I loved all of that Spike is just he just carries whatever they give him. Frankly, James Marsers does, and this was no exception. He was great. They were great together. It was hilarious. I loved it.
0: I also love Connor's interaction with Illyria. <laughs> I don't know if I love that. Where, where she's but it was like, funny. <laughs> no, I thought it was actually really funny. Where she's like, this one is lusting after me, and Connor <laughs> is like, no, it's the outfit or something. And then, and I, I really, I kind of hate that I loved it, but like the little joke about Ugh. like, oh, I've always had a thing for older women, but, yes. and Angel's like, they're supposed to fix that. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. I, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like I had more to say, but that's kind of, that's kind of most of it. I, I did feel like, you know, kind of t- maybe taking some liberties with like how much Connor would buy into this whole thing very quickly. He was like very fine with it from the beginning. And I was like, I don't know, but you know, do we have time to really get into it? Sorry. That's what it is that we didn't talk about this, but so I, Based on the timelines that I can put together, it seems that about this and the last episode is probably when the writers and the everybody found out that the show wasn't getting renewed. So I don't know. It felt more important because they're to me suddenly we talking, talking about an
0: apocalypse,
1: right? But it does feel a little bit like why some of this stuff maybe maybe this Connor thing would have been a two episode or three episode arc if there were more time. But it does. Yeah, all of a sudden they're interested in the apocalypse. All of a sudden they need to get Lindsay. It, it does feel like things are getting rushed now, and I have a feeling that's why. Or rather, well, I'm certain that's why. it does feel
0: rushed, right? Because Angel has literally had this new reality for less than a year, and Connor's already back in his orbit, mm-hmm. which feels like a big fail on the part of Wolfram and Hart.
1: Mm-hmm. But, I like, mean, knowing that not you're not going to get It's not that the
0: senior partners didn't have anything to do with this. Right. But... It like to me that's where it feels rushed is like oh we're already back with like whoops this didn't work or
1: just from a but I I I definitely understand though if you thought you were gonna get another season and you always. I, I understand them probably always thinking that they, we would see Connor again, but when right. you're getting to the end of your show and you're like, oh, we only have four more episodes, I guess he comes back in this one. Like, right, well, that's what I yeah, mean. Like, that's hard a sign to, to
0: me that it got rushed is, like, they wanted to do that eventually, but they were like, well, I guess we have to do it now. And and also this complete pivot from, I think you mentioned, I don't know if, I don't remember if we were recording when you said this, but, like, what is this season supposed to be about? I mean, you know, yeah. this <laughs> constant pivoting of, like, okay, what's going on with Spike and then, oh well Lindsay's back. Okay, Lindsay's the big bad. No, Lindsay's yeah. dead ish. And now it's, you know, actually Wolferman Hart and the the apocalypse has been bubbling underneath you. You're already in it. And so now we know, okay, big apocalypse, big end time. But that was not the focus yeah <laughs> anywhere near the beginning of this season. Yeah, like it's only so. been a couple episodes. So like that to me is also a big signal of like there's a pivot of, oh, we're not really gonna tell the story we want so we're gonna make everything happen now yeah Yeah. so i mean in Um, a way
1: it makes me more inclined to be forgiving of kind of yeah maybe they would have taken two episodes to get connor comfortable with the idea that he's a superhuman rather than to him just be like whatever (laughs) but you know you just don't have the time i also
0: want to give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe think that was intentional as well as because it's an indication of just how well-adjusted this new right. Connor actually yeah. is, is this huge thing happened to him and he didn't fall apart. Yeah, it could be true. Yeah. Or maybe that just works really well with the whole Rush mm-hmm. situation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Gun because we did see a little bit of a continuation yes. of Gunn's hell. And that Gunn does seem to be doing a little bit in the personal growth department where um, Marcus approaches him of, oh, the senior partners, you know, we can let you out for a minute. We just need, like, a favor. Mm -hmm. And Gunn says, no, thank you. Okay, let's get back to torturing me. Like, you know, realizing that doing a favor for anyone at that place is not going to be a good idea. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that.
0: That's all we really saw of him in this episode, but... I
1: suspect a little another angle of it, too, is that he's not done, you know, punishing himself.
0: Well, he's not done the toning, yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's also is a better way of saying it. But
0: <laughs> to say no to them, yeah,
1: no, no, it's a good, it's a good point. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at my notes, and I should have said this when I was doing my Spike Illyria bit. But uh, that Aleria says she wants to keep Spike as her pet. Is just, I like, I love it. It's so amusing.
0: <laughs> I know. I I'm finding Aleria funny yeah, despite myself, I and I I I find her more tolerable when we're not forced to contemplate. Her and... The sadness (laughs) of her existence.
1: Yeah, it's better when we just move along.
0: I'm not capable of feeling sympathy for her. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. But her, like, disorientation played for comedy is, like, fine. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got.
0: Yep. Okay, well, um, that was underneath and... Overhead? Origin.
1: Origin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next episode is sideways, and then the next episode is diagonally. (laughs) Wait, is it really um, sideways? (laughs) What are the next episodes? Time Bomb and The Girl in Question. We are like, we're only four episodes out from the end, so... Yikes. We're almost done.
0: It's going so fast. I know. Um... Okay, uh, let's see. Do you, have, do you have any, I'm like, what do we talk about now? Do you have any pop culture recommendations for us? Well, of
1: course I do, and I think you do too.
0: Oh my God, that's right.
1: <laughs> I was like, I do? Uh, yes, this is the week of uh, May, whatever, week in May. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen released the B-sides for Dedicated. I do follow They're along on the Carly Rae Jepsen subreddit. So I had seen everybody talking about her teasing it all week. Um, I mean, people have been talking about it basically since the album came out. Like, okay, when, when all the B-sides come out. <laughs> so I guess that's just how it goes now. But, um, yeah, it's lovely to get a nice surprise in this, you know, weird time that we're living in. And it was—it's delightful. it's delightful. It's been delightful. I'm excited to dive into it more. I really like the second half of it more than the first half right Same. now. But, you know. I've only listened to it a few times through,
0: so. Yeah, I've only listened to it through a couple times. I agree. I think the second half is more of a bop, mm-hmm. is how the kids say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's actually really enjoyable, and that was like a nice surprise. I saw your PSA on Instagram uh-huh. yesterday, and I immediately went, <gasps> grabbed my phone, and was like, okay, I'm gonna go listen to this now. Um, yeah, that was really, really fun. It's just like. I also really love, like, I know this is like not that clever maybe but i love how the album art is always inverted
1: yeah yeah so good yeah i keep i I, did i
0: I did actually last night i was listening to emotion b-sides as well because i was like oh yeah i gotta revisit some of this
1: we were gonna use one of those b-sides as our first dance song so that really happened yeah we spent some time (laughs) uh testing in the living room which songs we could dance to it wasn't good. We weren't going to be good at the dancing, uh, but it was going to be adorable.
0: <laughs> oh, so it was like going to be like a choreographed dance? No, no, no,
1: no, no. I just meant, oh. you know, I, I mean, they're all like dancey songs, but not necessarily all like st- stand in the center of a room and dance songs. Right. I don't know. Now I'm going to go something. back and try
0: to guess which song it was. You
1: should try and guess. And then I'll tell you later. <laughs> anyway.
0: uh. The 2020 that was gonna be—it's like we're we're watching a show with alternate realities, and we're know, living in alternate reality. Not to get too uh. deep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, what team are you on team this Con- time? Team
1: Connor. So happy. Yeah. For you. It was a good
0: Connor episode. I think maybe not the first where I didn't hate him. I think he had his moments mm-hmm. before, but um, yeah, it was definitely definitely good. I, I might give honorable mention to Gunn.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that.
0: Because I just don't like the way this shook out at all, and I think he's doing okay, but...
1: He's doing a good job with what they're giving him, but he definitely needs yeah. more.
0: But it's never enough. It's never enough. All right, well, we'll be back next time to talk about Sideways and Diagonal. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As Above, So Below, whatever.
0: <laughs> whatever it's called.
1: <laughs> time Bomb and The Girl in Question, but we can call them by their <laughs> alternate names.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you then. Okay, bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music
1: is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder.
0: And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwc podcast.
1: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.